Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Today we have Tilt Outdoors. Um, Tilt Outdoors consists of Tim and Matt Anderson. They do something really cool. Uh, We donated our, I think, 20 rods, I think. 20? I'm not sure. I think so. I'm not uh, 10 or 15. I'm not sure. But all the money from the toy drive. Uh, half of it went to them. Half of it went to a real uh, Guppies Fishing Adventures in Ventura. So I had them on first, and uh, they have a crazy story because not only do these guys, you know, volunteer their time with these kids, they live in these neighborhoods, and they, uh, their wives, their kids, everyone. So they're a part of these these neighborhoods where they're uh, working with gang youth, and they're they're trying to pull them out of gangs and do something positive with fishing and outdoors programs. So. Uh, yeah, this is a really good one. If you guys can help out in any way, I am planning a charter with them. So if you guys want to DM me and want to be part of that or, or even donate to it to get the charter going so they don't have to pay for it, let me know. Uh, I'm going to talk to a couple different sport boats I had planned, but we are planning a charter with them so we could take those kids out on like a half day boat, get a couple guys that might want to help out and, uh, you know, help the kids make sure to set up. Uh, Phoenix Rods will have the rods already, so we're good to go. But other than that, if you guys want to uh, get in on it and help me out, let me know. DM me. Also, follow them, Tilt Outdoors. They could use any help, donations, gear, stuff like that. Great program. Thank you guys again for coming on. The next charter we have planned is the 27th of May. Uh, that will be with Shane Morgan. He was just on. And Butch Brown. Those are going to be the guys we're going to fish with. We're going to Catalina Island. I'm waiting on a couple details on giveaways. There's going to be Phoenix Rods giving away uh, shirts, all kinds of stuff. I will have a flyer up next week with all the details. Um, yeah. So that's a that's really that's what's going on right now. Gosh. Uh, check out the Patreon. We got new videos up with Kelly. Uh, also with the Patreon, if you sign up for the Patreon, you get early access to the YouTube. So for now on, I'm going to do uh, audio Monday, YouTube Friday. That's I'm going to try to stick with that. Now, it's not going to be every episode. Some episodes might not have a YouTube episode, but pretty much like the main Monday episodes are going to have a YouTube episode. So uh, that's something you guys could check out as well. Uh, the Patreon helps dramatically. Uh, make sure you do reoccurring. So, uh, you know, if you guys want to help and you want to donate every month at $5, whatever you're doing, uh, it helps to make sure you sign up for reoccurring. Um, what else? DS Customs. Thank you this month for sponsoring the podcast. Appreciate that. Check them out. They make a great uh, tons of great baits. He does it all. So please check him out. Um, we'll see you guys tomorrow or Saturday at the Fishing Alliance event. We have Stefan on uh, after that. And Monday, we had a change of plans. I think it's going to be Jungle Boys, Ivan. So Ivan's coming in today. I'm actually recording right now before he comes in. And I think uh, if all goes well, you'll be able to hear him on the podcast, which I'm pretty excited about. This is going to be a really good one. And uh, that's about it. Give us five stars on iTunes if you can and uh, leave a positive review. And uh, subscribe on YouTube. Would appreciate that. Trying to keep up on this uh, video thing. So if you guys could subscribe and give me a thumbs up, greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening, guys.
Um, welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast for the 18th time. Here's <laughs> Tilt Outdoors. Uh, they're one of the organizations that I uh, we donated to Cast and Crank. So it was um, them and Guppies Outdoors. On my buddy Whack Whack and Fishing, you guys have heard him a million times. Kind of introduced me to you guys. So break down really quick uh, what it is that you guys do and how you got involved with it. Yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, our our program is really an outdoor adventure based program, but we are anglers, um, fishermen have been for our whole lives, and so it's always been a huge part of of what we do. And so we both work for an organization based in in Fullerton called Solidarity. Um, and so many many years working with kids and working in um, in neighborhoods where kids oftentimes didn't have the opportunity to get out and experiencing something experience something new experience the outdoors um, and so even before it was an official program um, our organization we were, we were we were running after school programs and helping kids with, with um, education as well as running teen centers and so we would unofficially take kids out fishing all the time right and so it was a passion something we loved and um, it just grew into becoming something that um, needed to be more official it needed to be something that some real time and effort and energy was was put towards um, and so four years ago um, is when we officially started what we're calling what we call tilt outdoors and so um, yeah yeah, and, and just as anglers ourselves, like it was this kind of the, it was kind of this cool um, this crossover of like okay, this is something that we're already doing. Uh, we're we're have this space in the in neighborhoods in Fullerton where we're uh, you know in context with with kids and hanging out. And it was just kind of like how do we how do we like merge these two passions of ours? How do we uh, we have these experiences when we're out fishing, and we like we know the. Uh, we know just how like important those experiences were even to us personally and so then it was like yeah as the, as we started taking kids out like oh man this is really this is really significant uh and so for a long time like like tim said uh man like almost like scheming like how do we make this a, how do we really make this like an official thing where uh we're organized we're getting funding where we're creating this space that's this valuable experience for kids um, like the outdoors give us right i mean you hear it all the time with so many of the the guests on your podcast or people that that come on it's just these these moments that that you can't explain unless you go out and do it um what, yeah. and the rewinding up a little back uh you guys are both from yeah, texas we, right we grew up in uh, south texas okay. yeah man so shout the, out shout out dirty bay <laughs> bay, bay, bay town texas were you up? fishing back there as well yeah yeah, yeah man. So we uh, we actually my we would go and visit my my grandfather lived up in Minnesota, and he would just kind of let let us go out on his boat. They like you know lakes everywhere, and so we would just like as kids just catch fish all day long. And so we had these experiences like boating out on the water, and then back home we would do a lot. Of, I mean, it's different. It's different. It's like you're catching uh, you know black drum and redfish and. Uh, gators and who'd you catch alligators really yeah, we would there would be there uh, one of my friends that just lived down the street the the bio the bio um ran back behind his house Wait, the, how do you say it back then bio not the bayou it's not the bayou it's a it's you know what else i learned um concord so you don't say you don't say it's conquered not concord <laughs> and i'm like oh well fuck me you know yeah, it's <laughs> not oil it's old is it yeah oh shit old refineries. It's, it's really deep <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um so you guys were a squid, living... A squid just walked by, dude. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> There's some dude dressed up as a squid taking a selfie. Hopefully he tags. Yeah, That's so, awesome, dude. Yeah, so so South Texas is a, a completely different fishing experience. I mean, you just drive you just drive down the, the little, you know, highway, and there's like 10 dudes just lined up. Any body of water you see, like, fishing's just all over the place. Um, crawfish, crawfish, everything. It's just like a... It's a big, especially in South Texas, where we're near the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. And it's just, it's just everything. Yeah. So um, we were we were running a trot line one time with a buddy who's like deep, like Southern boy, man. Southern boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're running a trot line, like waiting, no, no, like waiting gear, just in shorts, and running this line, and then we there's this like giant out. If I don't know if anyone's caught an alligator gar, but this giant alligator gar, we have like no shoes on, and he's like thrashing around on the trot and line. And he's hit, hit on we the caught line. Him. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. yeah. It was fun. Yeah. But hey, we ate him. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys are real Texas yeah, yeah, motherfuckers. Texas, yeah. <laughs> you did everything, man. Um, so, if when did you decide? How old were you when you guys kind of 
decided to move here? Did you move here for the program? Did you move here because you wanted to move here? Like, how did that all happen? It was a little yeah. bit, a little bit of both. Uh, uh, so, one uh, moved moved away from Texas. Um, had had visited Southern California when we were kids. We have an aunt that lives in the LA area, and just kind of always knew, like, okay, like something special there. Uh, and then we both ended up. We went to a college out here, and so that was kind of like the catalyst of. So you guys must life. really get along because I know, like, <laughs> I, as brothers, I do. I, I, my sister, I don't. I don't I don't get along with her. Yeah. But I mean, you guys moved together. You do the same like thing. You went to school for the same thing. Yeah. Well, we. Uh, I first moved. Uh, he went up to Northern California first, like at 18. Went to school up there. And then I was down here. And then after the first year, he ended up moving back down. And I then, made a lot of poor choices my freshman year of college. Yeah. What were you got? What were you going for at the time? Uh, I didn't even know. I was just doing general ed, and so I was just undecided. Right. What, what uh, school did you go to up in North Carolina? This small little like private school okay. up in yeah. You're, you're <laughs> not going to name it. So. Um, yeah. So you you guys both came out here. Did, when did you decide to get into like working with kids, yeah. doing the whole thing? Yeah. And did you, if you don't mind me, did you come from a broken home? Not not from a not from a broken home growing up. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. The only reason I ask is because like. It's a weird thing to get into, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're if you're not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's a weird choice. Like usually, like if someone does something, it's like, hey man, I grew up hard. Yeah. So I want to help. Yeah. Did you guys grow up hard? You guys grew up in an okay no, house. No. Yeah, we had a we had a we had a okay house, and obviously every Good family upbringing. every family has its issues and things, but yeah, yeah we we had a decent upbringing and it was it was good. But um, so so yeah, um, but I think to your question earlier of like. Uh, when 18 it was like my second year of college is when like how do we get into this right mm-hmm. and so um it was a group of friends that got together and we had this intention of of starting this organization right and so um it was this deeper desire really to just like how do we how do we connect with the communities around us um we everyone involved was interested in working with families and kids and specifically from areas that were a little more underserved um communities that might be struggling with with the various issues of of, of struggle of, of communities that are underserved and so um, back in 2002 is when the organizations organization started okay. um, and that is what brought us into working with with the kids in the neighborhoods and the communities that that we work with today and for me we have a little bit different of story for me like I kind of came in a little bit later um, and honestly it was like it was just one invitation to like hey come to the come we need some volunteers come hang out at this after school program and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, but there was just, I think even on that first day, there was just this sense of like, okay, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like there was this connection where um, able to relate relate to kids and teens and what this community of people had going uh, with, with kind of some of the work was pretty unique where it wasn't, it wasn't just this like, uh, we're just gonna, like we're just a charity where we're just gonna like, you know, throw some resources to the neighborhood. It was like, no, 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 we're in, we're in it. Like, so that's the the yeah. big thing that I'm I'm gonna touch base on. So, yeah. why did you pick? How did you fall into the Fullerton? Which this is a weird one because people think of Fullerton and they don't think right. that. Right. Yeah. Even like I know there's sections, but you're on the border of Placentia and Fullerton, right? That's right. Yeah. So that's a different story because you think Placentia too. It's fucking bad in some parts. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like really bad. Yeah. So, how did you pick that neighborhood and how did that that come about? Yeah. Um, initially, the neighborhood was close to where our group started um, from the school we were at, and so it was easy easy for us to get to. And it was like, hey, yeah, it was like proximity. Yeah. yeah. And so the first like time we walked into that neighborhood, there was a there was a community center run by the city of Fullerton. Okay. And we walked in, be like, hey, we're this organization looking to be involved in, in community development work um, and resourcing neighborhoods. And so the, at the time, the, the the guy who ran the community center for the city of Fullerton opened opened doors for us. And so it was an easy in at that moment, and it was a style of neighborhood that we were hoping to work in. And so just because of the proximity, because of the open doors we experienced um, in that uh, in that initial starting the organization, that's what led us led us to that Fuller, that uh, neighborhood within Fullerton. And then we've expanded. We're in two different na- two different neighborhoods, and so there's other similar neighborhoods that have the same kind of makeup and how the is neighborhoods that both are. you guys run both those neighborhoods uh we're both highly involved i run all, <laughs> i like the game yeah hey, you run, run those the, neighborhoods run, <laughs> yeah so we're both <laughs> in the higher leadership of the organization i run i'm our program uh, coordinator mm-hmm. so outside of running the the tilt the outdoor program i oversee all of our neighborhood programs okay and so we have teen centers after school programs um, moms groups um, all that stuff so i oversee, oversee all that and then I'm Les Hours, and I'm specifically the coordinator for the outdoors program. Okay. Yeah. 
So uh, the big thing is, is you live in these neighborhoods. I think that's the thing that got me was like, oh, fuck, you're not just like, hey, we come and help and then we're gone. Like, yeah, yeah. you're there 20. So kind of explain how, yeah. if you don't mind saying like yeah. how we talked before, because yeah. I was very interested in like going, man, you guys actually like live there and deal with these kids in and out for how many, how many years you've been doing it? Uh, like 16. Fifteen, sixteen. And kind of break it down, like yeah. say, like you know, you seen dudes get yeah. kids getting gangs, yeah. getting out of gangs. You seen kids probably pass away oh, yeah. from Absolutely. gangs. So kind of like explain what yeah. you guys do in depth because it's amazing. And I, I mean, it, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. Like when I met you and my and Wack told me about it, I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard of a program like that. Yeah. So kind of break down what you guys do in the neighborhood. Yeah. You live there, whole thing. So that yeah. process of moving into the neighborhood too. Again, we were both in college, uh, living, doing the whole college thing. And really, really connected to this to our nonprofit organization, uh, had, had already been, you know, leaving our apartment, driving to the neighborhood. Actually, we were riding. We didn't have a car because we were broke, so riding our bikes, like BMX bikes, over to the neighborhood. <laughs> and then, but but the the reality of that is we were we were outsiders, right? And so uh, one of the hopes of, of our organization was like, man, how do we, if we're going to be serious about this, what would be a step to really like like all in, like let's do this all in. And so uh, one of the, you know, our executive director at the time was uh, looking for ways like, hey, let's rent an apartment as an organization. And then he's like, you two, you guys want to move in? And like right in the middle of the neighborhood, right in the middle of the neighborhood. It's like if you, you know, uh, it's just fourplex, fourplex apartment units, super dense. Um, and so we were right there on the street that everything goes down on. And so we moved in at like wide-eyed, not really, you know, we, we knew uh, kids from the neighborhood already just from showing up at the community center once a week, twice a week. But then uh, we're like, all right, let's do it. Like, we're, we're down. We're, we weren't married. Uh, neither of us had, you know, had wives or kids. And like, let's, let's do it. And so, uh, yeah, moved right into the neighborhood with the hope of like, hey, we're going to be serious about this mentorship and this influence for kids uh, that we know. These families over the years before we moved in that we have really just come to, to know and to love and be what really be welcomed in uh, by them. And so that was kind of that point of like, of that decision of like, all right, let's do this. Uh, and so once once we kind of made that transition, it, it changed it, it changed everything. And um, you, uh, I was thinking about it and you, you hear like over and over again on your podcast, been listening from the beginning, uh, over and over again, the thing that, that, you know, fishermen say like time on the water is everything. Um, dude, if you're serious, if we were serious about like, hey, how do we how do we jump into this work? Dude, time in the neighborhoods, everything. You can be an outsider and come to this program. You don't really know what's going on, like, and so with the opportunity of of, of living on the street, uh, you, you see and hear everything. And so when it comes to like really understanding what, uh, you know, let's take one seventh grader's experience who walks out their front door and they're. Uh, faced with the decision of do I join this group do I do I join the all my friends from the neighborhood or do it is are there other options for me uh, we see those experiences and those changes real time and so when kids that we know if they if they start going down that road because we live in the neighborhood it, 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 like we see it like there's no way that we're not gonna kind of hear about it or see it and so I think that's that difference of um, you know, organizations do great things, other outside organizations and have lots of resources. But I think one of the things that sets us apart is that that connection and that uh, commitment to like a specific place and specific people. So, yeah. yeah. And, and on top of that, like our organization is deeply built. Like we have this, we, we talk a lot about, we say like uh, relationships over programs because you can easily throw a program at someone. But if the relationship's not there, like it's even in business, right? Or, or you know, all these vendors here. Like the relationships. Well, are dude, to be truthful with you, like yeah. the same way I think about sponsors, like yeah. I don't want to sign with someone that isn't going to believe in me 100%. That's right. And part of me is my integrity is going, hey, man, I, I I do this thing where I say bad stuff sometimes. And it's like when when people saw me do the toy drive, they're like, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, why? Yeah. You, you think I ha I'm at home going, yeah. fuck, shit, fuck. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I am, but it's my yeah. kids. And it's like, yeah. they, I love them. Like, yeah. it's like, I'm going to do, like, there's kids out there that can't get what they need. Right. So to me, it's like, of course, you're part of it. Yeah. And, and building those relationships is number yeah. one over doing yeah. anything else, right? And, and that's the thing. Like, the kids that we work with, like, they've seen so much and experienced so much. They know BS when they see it, right? And so if you're going in with just like, oh, I'm, they're going to, they're, they'll spot it a mile away, right? So if you're not real, yeah. like, to yourself and not real with what you're doing, like, it, it, they're not going to take you seriously, right? Nobody wants to feel like a project. 
Right. But you don't want to be the, the project of this program. You want how long, how long yeah. did it take you guys to actually like get into the neighborhood? Everyone start trusting you. Yeah. You know that the. Uh, you know what I'm saying? How long yeah. did that was, take? I think it was about the process of two years. Really? Yeah, uh, before we actually moved in. What was the What was the big change that gave trust? Uh, it was. Do you it, remember? The bi- well, the big change was just we got in tight with the families, right? So we knew the kids first, and then we got to know their moms, and then we got to know their dads, and then there was this mutual like, there was this mutuality. We're like, we we're not coming in. We're we're not the savior, or we're not going to fix all the problems. Yeah. But it's it was this mutuality of like we're, we're walking together. It, with, with this neighborhood, with this community, right? So it was this very like equal feel. It wasn't like like this, right? Like we said, like not programs over relations. I think if you come in in a way of like, I'm gonna come in, solve your problems, I have all the answers for you. It, it's not, that's not the right. Like, what we found is it, it just doesn't work as well. And so once we gained that mutuality of respect with each other, they knew that we are we had good intentions. Our intentions were for the, the prosperity, the thriving of this neighborhood and just being together, walking through them with that. Um, some, it's Mike some Lane. Little kid hey, this is up. this is the guy that I wanted to tell you guys you know what, about. I, I just saw his Instagram. And Mike Lane, yeah. yeah. This is the, out, the outdoor program I was talking about. Yeah, that they work with like gay youth and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were talking about charter, but we'll talk after, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, you know, like the the we'll keep going with your yeah. story, and we have it's, way more to do. Right. And so and so that's where the moment we're like, okay, we feel comfortable stepping in and moving into this neighborhood, to where. Um, it, it feels right, right? It had to feel right. And so it got to that point of, yeah, that, that mutual respect that we felt within our friends, our neighbors, right? Um, where it was like, okay, this is, this is possible. And we could, we, could, we could do this where it's not this stretch, right? And you get, you get a group of uh, 10 moms that are like, all right, like we, they're legit. And then uh, it's just word of mouth, man. In our small little community, everybody talks. And so if somebody comes, if somebody comes in and they don't have good intentions, there's a web of uh, there's a web of cheesemates that are gonna go around that <laughs> that uh, they're not gonna Jeez. get they're not gonna get past. Did you get to learn to speak Spanish? Did you learn to speak Spanish? I'm like conversational, but I'm yeah. not. You fluent. know all the slang, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. when you drink pistos. The kids can't. The, pisto, <laughs> yeah. the kids can't get anything by us. They like like new kids that don't know us will come to the teen center, uh, and just start kind of spouting off in Spanish. And you're like, I'm like, I know exactly what you're saying, dude. <laughs> I, I here's a little side that I worked at, at a, a job with a Cuban dude. Okay. White, blue eyes. You oh, never yeah, tell he yeah. spoke Spanish. Yeah. People would be talking shit and he'd just catch him. Bam! Yep. I'm like, that's the funnest thing is mm-hmm. when you see a white dude that can speak Spanish and he catches you talking shit. I'm like, I love that dude, shit. My, uh, my, my oldest daughter's nine and she's in a dual, dual language program. Uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. And can she, she speak under- Spanish good? She, it's, it's been really good for her. She understands oh, it, wow. speaks it. Uh, I mean, she, she's a little like timid and stuff, but she under- like she's getting to the point where she's starting to correct my wife and I who... Who both you know oh. know a good amount. Anyway, so this yeah. is another thing that's kind of crazy is you're bringing your kid. You you have two kids or one kid? Uh, I have three. He has two. Yeah. You guys are bringing your kids up in this community as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's what it says a lot. Like you're you're going, hey man, we want to make a change, a statement. Um, kudos to your wives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Dude, like I mean, talking your wife into going like, yeah. and where did your wife? Did they are they from here? Or are they from? Uh, my my wife is grew up in the Seattle area. And then probably in a different neighborhood than where you guys live. Yeah, too. yeah. But they're just on the same page. The same Do page. they help you guys with the program so, as well too? Yeah. So my, my wife, we actually, she works for our organization as well. Um, and she's she's down. She's down for the neighborhood. So <laughs> uh, she, uh, yeah, she's right there alongside and she's doing. So she actually runs, our organization has a, a immigration legal clinic. Okay. And so she's the director of that. So, yeah. See, that's what's crazy to me is like you're, it, you guys are so deep into it. It's not like hey, let's raise some money here and there. It's like, let's live the life of giving back to the community of, yeah. of that can't get ahead. Yeah. Right. So when did fishing kind of play into it a little more? Did you guys go, hey, yeah. we need to figure out different things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think with Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal 
and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I think that story is like really super special to us. Um, so even even to talk a little bit more about our specific goal of the specifically the outdoors program, uh, have been taking kids. You know, as we mentioned, just these experiences and um, start and so, with like the, the first group of those boys. Yeah, yeah man. So we uh, so in in kind of in concept, we were like, man, what is? We know the effects of the outdoors and fishing. So our program specifically is um, fish climb and camp. And so we do some rock. We do a lot of rock climbing stuff as well. Getting me out the. I got another guy for you. Oh yeah, who's that? Austin Ernest. He was on the right podcast with. Uh, did you listen to the Curtec Custom one? Yeah, yeah, I think I did. Yeah. He was in the background. You couldn't hear him. He's a rock climber, so he might be a guy. Oh uh, no way. He does like the. There's like a gym in Newport. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, Send dude, I have so many people. I'm like, oh, after this, I'm like, let's yeah. go talk to this guy. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, talk. Like, sure. I don't want to help you guys out. But. So yeah, we were seeing we were seeing the effects of it in an unofficial way as we were taking guys out, uh, and. And we had the opportunity. So one of the things that actually, I don't know if, yeah, one of the things that sparked my idea with like, how, how can we make this official? Um, we actually, uh, because we've been doing it for so long, we've known kids as they've grown up uh, and have, are, have had the opportunity. Uh, as we said, like all the guys from the neighborhood know what we're about and what we're not about. Uh, and we do, we're really particular about our stances on specific things related to the neighborhood, right? And so uh, we actually developed a really trusting relationship with at one point in time, the guy who was kind of running things in our neighborhood, uh, he, grew, he actually was a part of our teen center like in the early days. Uh, so he knew what we were about. He, uh, you know, had, had made some choices that led him a certain way, but uh, yet again, knew, knew what we but were all you about. Built, you built the relationship. That's so right. in the end, that relationship kind of helped you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though you, didn't, you weren't able to help him what you wanted to do, but the relationship helped you build with him. So when he sees a little kid, right, like, yeah. hey, Go hang out. Go do what they're doing instead yeah, of, you yeah. know. He does. And he does. And we had, a, we had a, uh, a kid close to all of us who passed away. And he was shook by that. And he, uh, he said, hey, like, I, like, I, w- I want to do something. And unofficially, before the program started, he gathered up all the guys from the neighborhood. And, he's, and we were like, well, let's just get kids. Let's just, and everybody was mourning. And he's like, let's just get guys out of the neighborhood. And so we did, like, we did a couple hikes. Uh, we were like, let's just, take, let's just go out. And so we took like all the guys from the neighborhood right. in, a, in a van, loaded up in a van, and just got out the neighborhood. And he, he, I, it was really cool. He was even just like, "Hey, this is why we're doing this. No matter where you're at, like everybody needs that chance to get out and like clear your head." Because they were all shook up. And so that's kind of where I was like, "Hey, I wonder if, I wonder if we can keep doing this." And I wonder the the bottom line is like, can can fishing in the outdoors be gang prevention? But you and growing up in SoCal on my end, yeah, my brother-in-law was in like a big tagging crew okay but guess what they used to go fishing at ralph b all the time yeah, that's right he's got a funny story where he tried to kill a, a, a catfish and the fucking barber threw his oh, foot dude. <laughs> like, you stupid dude, idiot no, dude, can i interrupt like i have go ahead yeah dude, go ahead when we were kids in texas i'll tell it super quick uh there was a there was like a like a, a croaker it's kind of like a catfish has a big barb like a like a catfish does mm-hmm. saltwater though and my, my other brother picked it up and we were with a bu- bunch of our friends. And he's like, there's this girl that he's like, I'm gonna throw it at you. And she freaked out and she started running. He threw it, flies through the air and the barb just sticks into the, straight into the back the, of her the arm. The fish is hanging from the back of her all the way through her arm. Screaming? Screaming, dude. It was so gnarly. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. No, that, I mean, that's what you gotta remember. Like, yeah. Cholos is like, it's a, it's a SoCal thing more. You know, yeah. I mean, you go to the East Coast, it's more Puerto Ricans, right. but in, in here, yeah. you got Texas, Arizona, it's Cholos. There's a lot of Cholos. Yeah. They like fishing. Yeah. A lot of these dudes, you can go on sport boats, see a lot of children, oh, yeah, like dude, Me- a lot of Mexican dudes. So that's a perfect way to connect, I think. You see the dudes that, you know, uh, on the guy that caught the great wide on fucking, yeah. you know, yeah. there's a cholo. There's a fucking cholo. He didn't give a shit. He's going to run that fucking great ride right into that fucking, you know, like, but that's the thing that's going to connect everyone to, yeah. you know, yeah. right? Did you find, yeah. Did you figure that, like, when you bring fishing in, was it like, oh, oh yeah, here's something these kids right. like? Well, you we, get a little bite on a bluegill. It's yeah. like, oh, they love it. Well, we, before it was official, like we had the, we do a lot of mentoring, right? And so we had this specific mentoring group way back early before we were programmed, and that's what we did. We took these kids out to, to Craig Park and to Ralph, like all those local parks, and dude, we would just go on Saturdays and take kids out fishing, and it, and it was awesome, right? Like it was just this, 
escape from the neighborhood like we we're talking about it was a new experience and so yeah it was something that hasn't been incorporated unofficially in what we yeah. do for a long time right so to make it something real and with this event with with the unfortunate event that happened yeah i don't know if you had is that when this fishing kind of triggered in yeah uh, after that's that? that's when I, that's when i know i'll speak for myself when i was like okay like how let's let's make this let's keep doing this uh, you know, let's let's do this as a separate thing, specifically targeting like the more the most like at risk at risk kids. Um, out of the out of the deep sense and care for our, our own neighborhood that we live in, of like I don't want to see you go to jail and I don't want to see you die because there's really only a couple. If you continue down that path, and I'm not just saying it out of statistics, but saying it out of you know personal guys that experiences that I've seen over the years, like there's really only two ways that it's going to go if you stick with it. I'm not saying there's not a path away. But if you're like, if you're going to stick with it, it's probably going to end up in one or two ways, you know. And so and, and I think that across our neighborhood, every, you know, we experienced a lot of death in the last two years. Uh, this is recently in the last two years. It's been uh, bad. It, 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 go, it, it just pops off it in comes different in times. Waves, yeah. It comes in waves. Yeah. And so uh, and so you must I, see an age age groups like I know, like I have a son, he's 17. Yep. You know when they start challenging. It's, oh yeah. Like you saw my son challenge filthy. Oh yeah. On Instagram, yeah. and he got choked out. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh yeah. You know, but it's like they start challenging, and these kids probably get like 14, 15, 16, and they it's go, like, "Hey, I'm a man." Yep, that's right. You know, and they—that's when you see it's that group change again. And you're right. Is that kind sixth, of it? Yeah. Seventh, seventh, and eighth grade specifically is, is where where it's like that's, that's where you got to grab. That's where we catch. That's them. where okay. we're. That's where our right. target is. Yeah. And so and so. Then, In the prevention side. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so out of that, it was how just... How hard is it, if real... Yeah, no, how hard is it to get... Uh, say a kid is... Have you ever got through to, like, a 17 or a 16-year-old? Yeah. Where you're like, hey, man, you got to change. And has have you ever been able to get those kids to change? So yeah. so I think you're speaking to... I mean, it is pretty it is pretty crazy. Once you get up to those kind of later high school years, it does become a lot more difficult because they've already made some decisions that have solidified mm -hmm. where they're at in the neighborhood. Uh, now, so, how do you get? You know, here's another. I have dork ass yeah, yeah. questions. No, no. How do you get those guys out when you talk to the main head dude? You have to go be like, hey, dude, can you help us out? He wants to get out. He wants to try to change. Is the gang usually cool yeah. about it? And they're, they're like, hey, all right. Or is it hard sometimes? Every, every and it's situation like, is different, man. I think that, uh, at least from my experience, there there's certain things that that could be a little bit more welcomed. Of like, hey, like I, you know. Let's say you had a kid, like one of the guys had a kid, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to take care of my family. There might be a little bit more understanding versus like, ah, I just don't want to hang out anymore. That's um, not, so you're turning your back yeah. right there yep. on the neighborhood and yep. they'll be like, nah, you got, you got to stick around. That's, yeah. that's and, not going to happen. And in the end, like that's not, we don't have that sort of deep influence where we're going to go to the guys and say, hey, this, this guy needs to get out. But it's like, we're, we're, we're with you in this process. But in the yeah. end, it has to be that guy. It has to be that person's decision. Right? Yeah, and that's, that's deeper than like. Our, our influence our influence right like and so we we know there's there's certain lines right like we know that we can and can't cross right and so we have to always be sensitive to that too yeah. that's got to be a hard hard thing to like to see especially like art working on that kid for how long yeah like you know six years and yeah at times it's a lifetime man there's kids that we've known since first grade that uh you know doing it for a while that and you see them now they're 18 you, now you see right? them like you see them eighth grade and they they choose that and it's it's heartbreaking, but you know, um, again, we we can we can present opportunities and we can speak what we believe is like positive, uh, but ultimately, it's obviously you're not going to force someone to do something they don't want to do. Uh, and yeah, and and the the crazy thing is uh, with a lot of uh, you talked earlier about like the city of Placentia or the city of Fullerton, dude. All every city in North Orange County and South, a lot of South Orange County as well. Like you have this perception of this whatever this is, but I guarantee you there's neighborhoods where every single day a kid walks out their front door and they have to make a choice every single day whether they're gonna uh, go, go that route or not. Uh, it's a, it, and I'll speak for our neighborhood. It's it's every day on the corner. Like it's there's no escaping the the visual influence of of the gang presence in the neighborhood. It's everywhere. So that's, that choice that, is there. That's yeah. a hard hard line to walk especially if it's for you guys as, as well you know like I, I don't want you guys to think like i'm not paying attention no, you're you're good. Good. i'm looking and i'm trying to fucking keep an eye on you're shit, the tech so. you're yeah. the tech and the host so you're yeah. good man check 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 yep <laughs> i swear you fucking piece of check 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 are we still going though yeah, still going. All right. everything else is fine i'm just trying to get 
I'm gonna have to fuck with this after. Okay, went to whatever. But yeah, yeah one of the one ahead. of the things too. I was gonna. Uh, I think one of the things that sets sets our our experience apart, or our organization apart, or our program apart. Um, do like I, we've been in it long enough to where, and so the truth. I'll just speak for myself. Like, I actually. I actually understand a lot of the appeal of the of the game for that 13, 14 year old, right? Like, I think we've been in it enough where I'm like, I see the motivators, but and, and so I'm not, I don't necessarily, uh, I'm not like, what the heck? Why would you do that? Like, there's this deep sense of like identity and belonging that every single every single person here needs, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and that's what it is, and that's what it comes down to. Of like, uh, you you maybe you got made fun of in fifth grade. Oh, seventh grade, I have this opportunity to stand up and, and make a name for myself in the neighborhood. I'm like, of course you're going to do that as a young kid. So I think on our side, we can we can want uh, positivity and like healthy life choices for kids while at the same time, um, you know, let's say one of the kids we've known for a long time makes that choice to join. Like, we're not going to throw them to the curb. Like, we're still, we still have that relationship. And so we, we understand as much as we don't want them to make that decision. We have a under, I think we have an understanding that's like, I can connect the dots of why why that's there. The the death and violence and destruction we're absolutely against, but there's an understanding of like I can see how those dots connected, you know. And so that, I think that's what's given us a good standing with with guys from the neighborhood that they know what we're about, and they know what we're not about, you know. So, that's that's really yeah. cool. And then so let's break the fishing part, like when that kind of played into yeah. get because. I want to let everyone know what you guys are doing because yep. I want, I mean, hopefully someone's listening and goes, hey, we want to help. Yep. And that's the whole reason I want you guys on to promote your program, yep. to get more companies to help out. Yep. Uh, I don't think there's many programs that are doing what you're doing, are putting the time in you're doing. So uh, kind of tell people what you're doing to try to get these kids out, yep. how it came about, what you started doing more of incorporating. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about within the program, like, how, what does it mean to live like a thriving life? And so we talk about like, how do you fuel a, a thriving life, right? And so, so much with our, our program is, our goal is to really curate and create these experiences that bring something new and something different, right? For kids that maybe don't get out of their neighborhood very often and haven't had these new experiences, that's, that's really valuable. Um, and even within like, if we get into like the depths of it of like, these kids' brains are still developing, right? And you see that like, when we look at like brain science and stuff, when you have a new experience, like you have new connections within your brain. You're experiencing something new and something can switch like physically, like in your makeup of your brain. And, and that's super valuable of like, oh, I just experienced this new thing and I felt these ways that I've never felt before. Oh, that, that's significant, right? And so the other part of that within that is like, we give these really thriving experiences that are, that are full of adventure, right? A lot of times in the neighborhood, the kids are experiencing adventure or these like, thrilling moments in a really negative or destructive way. Yeah, Risk, like so risky tagging, experiences. Like yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. fun. We got <laughs> exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun breaking in places. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up doing the same thing and I get it. Yeah. And, and, and it's so cool for you guys to get to the point. And I'm so excited to hear you go, then there's getting bit. Yeah. There's dude. like, that's, exactly. there, there, there is a drug to that. Like when I, I flip out when I get bit yeah. and if it's a big fish, I'm screaming and yelling like yeah. an idiot. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you guys get that. Yeah. That's the next thing you yeah. see, right? So, yeah, we talk about, like, how do you replace the destructive with thriving is what we talk about, right? And so, yeah, do you get in those, the new experiences, right? <laughs> I'll, pay, just, I'll pay you back. Just give me the Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry. No, you're good, dude. <laughs> Getting those new experiences and connecting, like making those those moments like intentional, where we, we put actual thought into like, hey, this is what's happening, this is what's being experienced. Like, oh, you know that, like like you said, like that first time, like we've, this is the cool thing, we've gotten so many kids like their first fish ever. It's like it's such a cool experience. And this like, is an where, where where were you? You guys go to like Laguna so, a lot, or so yeah. This is the thing we whenever we do our our um, we do like an after school program, fishing workshops throughout the throughout the school year. We intentionally take kids locally right because we want them to say hey you can do this on your own like you don't need us to do it so we go to all our local parks like our city parks and we you know they slay bluegill slay bluegill dude <laughs> dude that's how that's, I, I mean i learned at 29 yeah. doing this yeah like i get when you take in the kid to do the the deal like yeah. i got that at 29 like yeah. I, i'm with two kids I met the bum at fucking. You probably seen this dude at Laguna. His name was uh, Bob Slunka. I think I know who you're talking about. I know who it is. Bob Slunka. So, th here's a side note, guys. My 
I'm going to blink names out to my mother-in-law's going to fucking kill me. <laughs> Bob Slunka, his best friend, used to live in the recording studio at my house. No way. No way. His name was Dan Skidlow. And they were best friends. I'm fishing at Laguna. Yeah. I can't catch shit. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm taking my kids. He's like, hey, come here. Look at this piece of hot dog I have. And we start catching bluegill. I'm like, fuck, this is cool. Yeah. And it's the same way you guys yeah. are talking about. But Bob Slunko was there all the time. <laughs> He's a bum. Yeah. And he always had a bike. He's always on a bike at Laguna. Yeah. This yeah, was like probably like exactly. 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he was. I haven't seen him. Is he he's a, dead. Okay, that's yeah. that's why I knew. Yeah. I, Rest in peace. So both of them are dead. From, they drank so hard. Dude. Yeah. They would drink like a, this dude I lived with us would drink Steel Reserves. Yeah. He would drink like 12 in a day tall cans. Mm-hmm. And yeah. every day. Always trust. That'll do it. Thank goodness around that. That'll do so, it. So, I mean, but I mean, you get to have these experience with these kids. Like the yeah. bluegill thing, I think is the biggest thing. It's, That's like going and catching. It's um, the gateway. It is. Yeah. Because you're going to put them on a little tiny little pole. And yeah. they think they got a giant and they don't, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it just turns on that love and, for fishing. And the reality of kids today, if they're not catching something in the first 10, 15 minutes, they're, they're over done. it. Done. Phones Did are you learn that out. too? Oh, oh, dude. It's <laughs> instant. Like, like, believe me, we would love to like break down like, Dude, here's how you throw a crank. Here's how you, you, you know, flip a, a jig or whatever. But at the city lakes, like when we're local, like if we were in a different fishery, it's different. Like we took kids out to Santa Barbara and we were catching bass all day. And it was yeah. 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 But dude, in the low, in the city lakes, it's like they're going to lose interest if they're not catching right it's, away. It's so not, it's like it's not productive it's, enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how we do it. But they, it, it's amazing. Like you see. But you're doing these programs after school, like yeah. every you know day, every year, like once a week during a certain yeah, time. Right. Right. Yeah, so come, so we're actually uh, and getting to all, getting to the huge thank you to you guys donating all the gear, man. Uh, we're we're stoked. We've been you know we were like kind of going through it and stuff, but uh, we're gonna put it all to good use. We have our uh, our spring after school fishing workshop, and that starts uh, the second week of March. Yeah, that when the daylight saving time switches so we can stay out there longer and so that's yeah we do every single week for six weeks and then and that'll break and then we do a whole summer uh, summer fishing thing as well um, one of the cool things too we're looking at doing some some bigger uh, like family fishing events for families from our neighborhood on the um, you know DFG does those free fishing days twice a year and so we're looking at doing uh, like uh, Tri-City some, has that big yeah where they stock the, 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 yeah, the derby yeah 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 so so we're gonna we have some of that coming up um, but yeah, our, our spring after school fishing workshop, uh, so I think it's second week of March. And, and yeah, I mean, if there's, a, if there's people that are like, hey, you, you have that connection with kids and teens, um, you know, we're, we're through an official nonprofit organization, so there's a little bit of a process to become a volunteer. Yeah. Uh, but there's, uh, if, if someone's like, hey, I, that, I would love to be involved in that, uh, that's something that, that is available. Uh, yeah. And then how about the salt? You guys done some, like, salt, <laughs> which is, to me, I'd rather take the kids to salt water and yeah. just do that right off the bat because they're going to get bit way more yeah. than they get in the fresh water. Yeah, summertime. Have you tried that as summertime. well? Yeah, we do a lot of salt in summertime. <clears throat> Logistically, when it's after school, you know, for us in Fullerton, it's a little bit further of a drive to yeah. where we would love to get. I mean, we, we fish bays a lot. We fish bodies <laughs> a lot. That's like really what we love. Yeah. Um, I mean, ba- I mean, green bass too, largemouth too. But um, yeah, just for the logistics, we were normally freshwater during the school year but summertime dude we're we're in the salt almost as much as we can we had a mat we had a uh we did the rentals at davies locker i think it was two summers ago now probably three since covid yeah but uh dude halibut were like there was kids who had never fished in the bay before and just luckily like halibut were biting and so we had kids catching like halibut their first fish of the day stoked yeah on the little the little rental boats yeah Yeah. just into the 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 current was ripping so it was good to just like hey just let it drift and just let it hop in the eelgrass were you guys throwing live bait or anything no we put put them on uh on the little the white gulp um drop shutting right drop shutting white gulp the curly okay yeah yeah and, uh, that's a great bait, man. I still it's a, it's yeah, good. Those, for, those for beginners. Yeah. For beginners. No, no, no. For, I use them. I mean, for <laughs> beginners. I don't give a shit, dude. I, if I can get bit, dude, I throw anything. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. give a crap. Yeah, we now, did some uh, friends of Rolo trip. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we've done that. Great. We great. Did, uh, the one we did recently. We've done two over the years, but the one we did recently was on the Western Pride. Oh, dude, nice. We had a great experience. The staff Everyone, was amazing. They yeah. they were super accommodating. Yeah. yeah so I want to try to get you guys on. That's when Wack came out with oh, us on that Oh, was that the trip. one? Yeah. And Benji, And right? Benji, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to those guys. Both cool, cool dudes, they've been, yeah. They've been huge support for us, hooking us up, connecting us with people. So Wack. those guys are those guys are. Yeah. Wack came out a couple of weeks when we were doing the after school stuff, hooked all the kids up with dub grubs and dude, just dude, giving I, packs out. He's super generous. Dude, and he's, the kids, he's the nicest and this fucking is the, dude This is a cool thing. These kids who were new to fishing, they got this like brand new pet, the dub grub. 
I don't know if we've told him this, but dude, those kids held on to those packs of Dugruffs for like weeks and they'd bring them every week and they'd hook on, they loved it. Like it was like, oh, this is so cool. Like this guy made these, he uh, gave you know, them like out. You get some, it was really you get significant. Some gear, it was dude, significant. Like that yeah. where you're like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, like this is something I can use. It's mine. Yep. That's right. You know? Yep. And that's why I kind of like gave you those couple combos yep. going, hey, give these to the dudes that like are hard and like yep. way into it. How many of these kids have gotten like really into fishing that you've turned on? Yeah. yeah every, every year there's at least one or two that like you can see it in that first fish. And like some kids will be like, oh, cool, whatever. And there's a couple kids that are always like, oh, like they freak, freak out. Like there's the one, they catch yeah. it, there's the kid. And so there has been a number of kids that uh, maybe had a little bit of experience with family in the past and then, uh, you know, figured out some of the opportunities on their own with our program. And yeah. then they, they were going on their own. Well, yeah. the, summer, the summer of COVID when we, we were shut down, right? We couldn't do any in-person programming. It was summertime, like on our, I was looking on our program calendar like, uh, fishing trip to say, oh, we canceled it. Fishing, and we're like, dang, dude, this, like, it sucks, right? Are you taking, so, like, do you have to take the kids in the car to the Yeah, vehicle. that's the thing. Okay. Vehicles, well, that's what limited us is because we had to drive kids places. But we started this, like, we just said, hey, guys, come come pick up a rod anytime you want this summer. We'll give you all the gear. Come pick it up. Dude, we had all these kids come over. They would just jump on their bikes and come ride grab rods the, from us, ride down. And they what were, lake do they like they, to fish? Well, we, they were going to, the closest, the closest in proximity is uh, uh Craig, Craig Park. Okay. And so in the, the creek. in the creek in Craig Park, they have. I heard that's really. Cool. It's <laughs> dude. I take my son there all the time. Yeah. My son loves fishing. I'll take him there all the time, and he, uh, and dude, you can catch. Yeah, maybe we're gonna. Uh, whatever, we'll if we out. give it away, we it's fine. It's a little. Okay, there's a there's a there's the cichlid in too. there. I, there's, there's the a, one by uh, Cal State Fullerton. Oh uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. connected. You know what I'm talking oh, about? we fished down there before. Dude, how good is that one for bluegill? Yeah, so the, the water's really pound, skinny. Yeah, I caught a two-pound fucking. My kids watching me on four-pound just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The that creek runs a long ways if yeah. you can find those pools in there. Because sometimes yeah. it's pretty, pretty skinny. It's pretty gross yes. too yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Oh, it's, and it's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. And there's some sketchy people. It's sketchy, yeah. Like tweakers and stuff, but that's how you live life around here, you know. But that's cool that the kids came, picked up the rods road went yeah. riding had a few broken it. rods returned for sure yeah and then but it. then in our dm they were sending us all these pictures of fish they were catching one of the kids caught a catfish and so our d our on our till outdoors uh instagram was just like photo 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 all by themselves on their bikes just that, took, took rods, see yeah. that's the amazing thing i think that you get to see happen yeah what is something that could help you guys dramatically like yeah. the program move forward like what do you guys look for what do you need yeah. you know what what is something that people could help out yeah. with so when we have the opportunities to take kids on a special trip, so when we did the Ro- the Friends of Rolo trip out on out in the ocean, sick. When we were able to, we got some funding to rent those skiffs. Like it's different. Like those experiences, for instance, we can provide we we can provide the local stuff. We can provide the city park stuff. We can provide going out on the jetty or the pier. But those special trips, like it might like for people that are, are on boats all the time or doing those things, it's it's nothing. But for these kids, like it's they'll remember it for the rest of their life and so those special moments that are unique that we don't do all the time so 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 helpful and it really projects our program within the neighborhood like the the relational bonding of the relational capital that happens is through shared experience okay. together because i was like oh you remember when we did this thing oh you remember that and so those experiences are really like they really per- propel our program to another level okay so. and then uh yeah I, a little bit less of a of like opportunity but one of the things too i was thinking about part of our program is uh, some of the, the younger guys who might might be on the fence with all the stuff in the neighborhood. Sometimes it's a story from an older guy that, that looks like them and had their experience that that shifts their mindset. Like, so if you have a guy who's like, I know exactly what you're going through. I made that decision and I really wish I would have done this instead. Like some of those, some of those uh, stories that we try to incorporate into our program are really good. And so, you know, and that, that could be an opportunity if someone's like, hey, like I have that similar experience and fishing saved my life or whatever it may be. If you want an opportunity to, to share that and, and possibly, you know, change a kid's entire course because of your story, yeah, um, those opportunities are really cool as well. So, yeah. No, that's what I want to kind of get people that can reach out, help out, um, even companies, man. I feel like yeah. there's so many companies out that would be a good fit yep. to help you guys out yeah, and, sure. and kind of, yeah. it's not hard. Yeah. 
people are full of shit. So. <laughs> and we work with a lot of knucklehead kids that we break, yeah. we break lots of rods so and go like, through a lot of gear. Yeah, and like go I said, if you guys do break one, of, you let me know and I'll yeah, get you a new the amount rod. of The amount of, I mean, if you ever need anyone to untangle some lime for you, dude, just You're, call me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just sit back, there and oh, you, oh, you have, you, dude, you just start giving we, them the bait we're caster. We're so though, right? reluctant with the bait caster just because <laughs> I know all freaking day I'm going to be pulled out for now. Just tighten the shit out of the centrifugal. But yeah, so those types of things like line and, and um shout, shout out to fisherman's access too and Brea. Great, yeah. those guys have been with us as well from the beginning like we went to them and they've given us when we were buying rods we, we, they've given us rods at cost and hooked oh, us up nice. with things they, yeah, they've been great. with us for the beginning yeah shout out to those guys they've been yeah. awesome let's uh plug where they can find you guys online yeah. website stuff like that yeah so i mean the, the biggest way specifically for our outdoors program is really just their instagram uh so it's till underscore outdoors uh, and that's the, the way specifically to our program. As we said, our the nonprofit organization that we're with, uh, we do a wide range of things. So this is the one thing that's really more like fishing outdoor specific. So that would be the way. The uh, organization is Solidarity. It's solidaritynpo.org. Um, if you want to check out the other stuff we're doing. Um, but yeah, those are the real kind of the main ways. Right? Yeah. So I'm hoping to get a charter together soon with some of Let's these dudes that uh, experience that, yeah. that kind of lifestyle and they grew up like that. So they can talk because there's like, off of my hand, I can name five guys that grew up hard and yeah. fishing changed their life. Yeah. Like Mike Lane's the perfect example. Yeah, that's cool. You know, he's 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 had a crazy life. So I'm hoping to do that. I hope companies reach out, and uh, I want to keep working together. So I'm hoping yeah. we'll have more podcasts and more stories and yeah. some cool life changing some st stuff. You know? But, yeah. Yeah. And sincerely, everyone who donated at the tour drive and yes. towards the raffle. I mean. Yeah, again, it might be been a small thing for some people, but it really does make a huge difference. So, like anyone who was involved in that, man, thank you guys so much. We really can't. Yeah, we. Can't yeah, I appreciate all all the express support. Express how as important well. that was and how amazing that was. And all, yeah. they'll all be they'll all be on Phoenix rods, and they're not even, they're not even gonna know how significant that is, man. So, uh, it's huge for us. But yeah. we appreciate. I'm sure everyone's listening appreciates what you guys are doing for the youth. Yeah. Like some people, uh, you know, talk about it, but you guys are really doing it. Yeah. So, kudos to you guys Thanks and your sure. wives, man. <laughs> Kudos to the wives, dude, because that's, that's, right. that's another whole other deal. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Thanks awesome. for coming Thanks, on. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much. Yeah.